Abandoned to Mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Maiden to Mother journey. I'm Kendall, your podcast host, and today we are speaking with Jordan. Jordan, how are you going? Hi guys, I'm good, thank you. How is everybody? Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to talk with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so uh, my name is Jordan. I'm 26. I have two beautiful daughters. Um, One of them is two and my youngest, um, she is three and a half months old. I double in like birth support work. I'm super passionate about um, slow postpartum care and also work um, in the customer service for a beautiful um, Sydney-based swimwear swimwear company. Amazing. And you are located in Sydney, obviously. Yes, obviously in Sydney. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we're going to talk about both of your births today and starting with your journey from maiden to mother with your oldest, who I've already forgotten her name. What is it? Sorry. Stevie, like Stevie. Stevie. Yes, Stevie. I don't know how I've forgotten that. One of my best friend's little girl's name is Stevie. So (laughs) starting with Stevie, what was your family planning like with her? She was a total surprise. She, um, we were living with my mother, like my in-laws at the time. And I remember, I remember her conception well. Um, (laughs) I was, I swore to my partner, my now husband, but my, my partner at the time, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not ovulating. Like you're sweet. It's fine. Like I remember clear as day saying that to him during, you know, our intimate moments. And he was like, okay, cool. And then my period didn't come. Um, and so that was pretty much like, that was the only like preconception. Like there was, there was none. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like we had not planned to have a baby. We had planned to like travel some more and like spend three months in Asia. Um, but also that was kind of at the time that like COVID, like the first COVID wave kind of happened and like lockdown. Um, we just been like released out of our first lockdown, I think in like, when I, like I found out I was pregnant in August of 2020. So yeah, um, yeah, that had kind of been, um, it had been crazy. And we were like, oh, well, like borders are still closed. We can't travel anyway. But um, yeah, finding out I was pregnant was a whirlwind. I was... <laughs> My sometimes my period like can be a little bit like hit and miss. Like I worked really hard to like naturally regulate my hormones after coming off the pill, and still it was still kind of um, a little bit choppy and changey. So when my period didn't come, I was kind of like, okay, like must just be doing that thing. And I tested, and it was negative, and I was like, sweet, I'm good. Like we're good, bub. Like all good. And then um, so I went out on the the Friday night or the Saturday night, sorry, and probably had the biggest night of drinking that I have had in the longest time um, where like my period still hadn't arrived and my girlfriends were like, George, I really think you should take another test. And I was like, no, I'm sweet. It's fine. Like there's no baby. We're good. Um, Anyway. So I wake up hungover as anything. And I had this like niggle in the back of my mind, like "Mm, maybe I should take another test. Um, And I had them lying around. So dragged myself to the bathroom, feeling very sorry for myself. 
almost needing to vomit and was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just take the test. And like plain as day, like two two lines on the pregnancy test. And I was just like, no way, no <laughs> fucking way. And like my partner, who was also like feeling like death that day, I walked into him and I showed him the test. Mind you, my in-laws are sitting outside, like in the living room, having a cup of tea or whatever. Um, and I was just like, there's no chance. Like, there's no way. This is wrong. This is this is wrong. Um, and so we, we went to the pharmacy and we got like one of those, like the clear blue digital tests that say like, yeah, not pregnant. And yeah, it was just straight up pregnant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, it's oh. the rite of passage. You've got to have a big night before. Oh, you've got to. You've you got to. <laughs> it's, it's funny because there's so many people that I talk to that have absolutely had like the biggest night and, you know, forever um, yeah. before they find out that they're pregnant and same thing happened here. Um, and then there was a, like a bit of back and forth between my partner and I about like what to do. I was kind of like, well, it's happened. You know, I'm ready to be a mom. I was 23 at the time, so obviously young, but my husband and I have been had been together for I think eight years at that time. Um, so like, high school sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. We've been together since I was 15. I'm now 26. Aww. So <laughs> um, there was no doubt in my mind that, you know, things were like heading that way. We just weren't ready for it at that time. Yeah. Um, and he was, yeah, I think in shock. I don't think we spoke for about three days. <laughs> um, he was just like, how can we afford a baby? Like he, obviously, you know, what men do, like they're super logistical he was just thinking finances, like we're living at his parents' house. Um, it was just, yeah, a bit of a shock. And I was kind of like, no, we can do this. We can we can really do this. And then I think the next day we had um, two of our best friends engagement party and, you know, we were just surrounded by like love and people being happy and everyone was in love and kissing and, you know, celebrating and remember being at the table and he turned to me. Obviously I was like fake drinking too, hiding it from like my best friend who has got such a nose for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah he was like I think we can do this so we decided at our friends engagement party that we were just going to have a baby and I don't know it's kind of like as soon as you find out you're pregnant like I don't know the sickness just started like that all oh, right it's like, I didn't even like I, if I hadn't known I'm sure I would have been fine but because I knew um I was just so sick and we couldn't really hide it from like his parents or my parents um because I was like so unwell so we told them they were pretty shocked, like Matt's parents. Um, sorry, my husband's name is Matt. Um, his parents were kind of like, no way. Like, are you serious? No way. So we told them probably like a week after I found out. And then, yeah, that was kind of like the journey into, I suppose, finding out that we were pregnant. And they were like, well, are you, guess, like, are you guys living here? Like, can we? <laughs> <laughs> were, they, were they happy shocked or...? They yeah they weren't angry like they were just like wow like we didn't really expect that and we were kind of like yeah well we didn't either um, <laughs> like my parents were so stoked like they my dad was over the moon he's like I'm the eldest and of like two like I have another two siblings and he was like yes I just can't wait for a grandchild like he was he's been at us for God knows how long to have a baby. <laughs> so he was cheering my mum. I remember telling my mom that we went over there to tell my parents and um, the first, it was weird that we'd all kind of just like randomly been like shown up unannounced, you know? Mm. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to come over after like work today and I'll see you. And then like Matt was here and mom's like, oh God, there must be news. And the first thing she said to me was like, you're not pregnant, are you? And I was like, oh. And funnily enough, my sister called me at that very moment that she asked that question. So I just answered the phone. I didn't even answer her. 
And um, yeah, I mean, like once she found out, once we kind of sat down, we're like, yeah, we're like, we're going to have a baby. They were all super happy. My mom was like, I'm only 49. I can't be a grandmother. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Actually, I think at that time she was 47 or turning 48. Um, and she was like, I can't be a grandmother. What the fuck? Like, that's not okay. That's but, the best. She's got more time. That's what I said. I was like, mom, do you understand how many years you're going to get with my kids? Like, and you're young enough to be able to like play, play and, fun yeah. and have fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So once she kind of came around to the idea, she was stoked. But <laughs> that was a pretty scary like journey, um, mm. especially telling them. I remember like just shaking, like proper shaking, like pit of my stomach and telling Matt's parents. We told them after my parents and Matt just kind of like we walked in the house and he blurted out. He's like, right, Jordan's pregnant. We just need you to be happy and supportive. <laughs> there was no like sit down we're going to talk to you it was just like blurted it out oh my god so yeah. you mentioned before that you starting to feel sick how how were you feeling for your pregnancy oh it was pretty rough I didn't like I was I never vomited with Stevie's pregnancy but the nausea was almost debilitating um yeah we're trying to like work and you know just do normal day-to-day things like I had so many versions and the only thing that would make me feel any like any better was lemonade icy poles so pretty much lived on lemonade icy poles but that the sickness didn't really subside I don't think until about 20 weeks with Mm -hmm. um yeah with Stevie and yeah I remember kind of just like gagging over the toilet bowl at work and it made it pretty hard to like hide from people I think being like especially in like the height of COVID people are like you're sick what are you doing like get away even if it wasn't like the flu they're like why are you vomiting why are you gagging like why do you look dead um yeah it made it pretty challenging to hide but yeah everyone was like pretty paranoid at that time too yeah it was like just get the fuck away from me I was like Mm -hmm. I'm not contagious (laughs) and what model of care did you choose during uh, your pregnancy that time I was like I I, mean, I, I look back and I, I think about how different I was then to, and now how I suppose much of a child I was then compared to you know being a mother of two even at you know the young age of 26 but um I didn't like I'd always always wanted a home birth but I just wasn't I, I didn't know anyone who really had one and I didn't know how to approach it. And it just wasn't like in my kind of realm of, you know, my community wasn't like the done thing. So like I didn't have anyone to go off or talk to about it. So I um, decided to go through just like the public hospital system. Um, Mm. And it wasn't like things just felt icky, like the whole way, like they just didn't feel right. And I just had this like gnawing, I don't know, like this just got feeling that I was like, I just don't want to birth in a hospital. Like me personally, it was just not where I wanted to be. Um, and then at about 20, 25 weeks, I did a hypnobirthing course and we like with Matt and a few other people. And um, we made these, be- like we had this beautiful, um, like in, uh, I'm sorry, what's my train of thought? Um, we had this beautiful like instructor and then within the group, like we met two of our now really, really close friends, um, which we didn't know them before, but we, we, we kind of got talking and they were really, really similar to us and we became really close and we caught up after hypnobirth and we were talking about home birth and she's like, you know what, I think I'm going to do it. And I was like, man, like I want to so bad. I was like, if you find any midwives, like let me know. Um, 
send them my way. And then I think two days later, I had a really yucky experience at my local um, hospital with a midwife, essentially telling me that my birth plan didn't matter and they weren't even going to look at it. And she was like, you'll just be doing as you're told. And that to me just felt like I almost left that appointment crying. I was like, that's not what I want my birth to be like. Like, especially after kind of doing hypnobirthing, I had this beautiful vision for my birth, you know, and everyone always told me, she's like, yeah, well, you need to be adaptable. Like whatever will happen will happen. And I was like, surely I can, I don't know, make the circumstances a bit better for myself. So um, I found a midwife, same midwife as my beautiful friend. Um, and yeah, just fell in love with her. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's what we're doing. So we had a private midwife and we ended up having a home birth with Stevie. Um, it did take a little bit of convincing with Matt. He was mm-hmm. just, he was just a bit like, well, what do you mean you're going to birth at home? Like, that's, that's not what people do. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it's funny to see also the difference in him now compared to back then. But, um, yeah, it's really like, yeah, I feel like well, not all men but a lot of men are like that like what yeah they don't really know anything about birth no and I think doing hypnobirthing literally was the best thing at the time to really help him open up his eyes like he saw some videos of home births when we were doing hypnobirthing and he saw like other people do it and there was talk about it and um and then birth time that documentary came out so we went and saw that um and he really understood like having that continuity of care and that, um, you know, person that you feel safe with, like how important that was in such a vulnerable time in like, you know, a woman's life is birthing. You know, you'll never be more vulnerable than that. Um, so yeah, he got on board and we ended up going with like a private midwife and that pregnancy and that birth, like she was exactly what I needed at the time. And, um, we ended up birthing because obviously we were living with my in-laws. My in-laws were not on board at all with the home birth. They, they? Yeah, they were just so um, – like I remember having a conversation at the dinner table once and they were just like, that's not safe. Then what if you kill your baby and all of this stuff? And I was like, whoa, like pump the brakes. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm doing what I feel is best. So they were like, well, you're not having it here. We're like, fair enough. That's okay. That's your house. But my, my parents – my mom said that I could have it at their place, but my dad was the one that really needed some convincing. There was a lot of back and forth and a lot of tears and pleading on my end. And I really like, he had experienced with my sister um, when she was born. It was quite a, like, it was quite a traumatic birth for him to witness. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was still holding on to so much stored trauma from her birth. Um, and, you know, for him to kind of hear that I wanted to birth at home when there was no medical intervention. Or, you know, limited medical intervention, I guess, that that really like sent him for a loop. And he was like, no, no way. And yeah, there was a lot of fighting and pleading and crying until he ended up talking to my midwife. We sat down and we had a conversation. Um, and I remember just feeling like I really needed his validation. And yeah, so funny back then because I'm like, now I would never like, like, my choice is my choice. No one gets to say, but back then I was like, daddy, please agree with me. You know, <laughs> like it was, yeah, it's just so funny to look back. But um, anyway, he eventually was like, okay, fine. He's like, but I'm not going to be here. I was like, you're not invited. So like, you won't be there. No. Yeah. <laughs> like there was no, there was no invitation. Um, <laughs> he was like, I don't want to witness that. I'm like, you won't be. Thank you. So yeah, we had a beautiful home birth with 
Stevie, yeah. So, um, well, well, we'll talk about your birth story with Stevie then. Can you tell us, like, how far along were you and what was the first signs of labour? Yeah, sure. So I birthed her at 40 plus four. And I remember I had had some kind of, like, like a week before, I suppose, had had some, like, I mean, I'm saying in quotation marks, like, prodromal labour. Like, to me, all labour is labour, but, like, that false labour, you know, that kind of yeah. and. Then a week later, I remember going on a really, really, really long walk with my friend, not to induce labor, but just because I was going crazy and I was like, I need to get out of the house. Someone, just someone come out by the beach with me. So my best friend and I went for a walk along the beach and then I just rested that whole like afternoon. And then that night, I remember waking up at 1 a.m. with like what was then like my first kind of like contractional surge. Um, And, but I thought that I was kind of just like asleep on my belly too much like I wasn't really sure what it was so I rolled over and I went back to sleep and then about 15 minutes later it happened again and I was like man what am I doing why am I on my, how am I ending up on my belly what is happening I was like didn't even think it was labor um and then it happened again I went to the bathroom and there was like a bit of blood and I was like, oh I must be in labor this must be my plug it definitely was not my plug um, <laughs> it was just a bit of blood and so I remember when like my midwife telling me, you know, like once labor starts, like, you know, rest as much as you can, have a shower, blah, blah, blah. So this is probably about like 2.30 in the morning. And I texted my mom and I was just like, hey, just letting you know, like we might be over within the next few hours. This is happening, um, et cetera. And then I went to wake up Matt and I remember like, like, Bob, Bob, I think I'm in labor, like shaking him. And he was like, what? How do you know? And I was like, well, you know, I'm having some contractions and there was a little bit of blood and he was like, okay. And he just rolled over and went back to sleep. And I was like, um, I don't think you like understood what I just said to you, but I let him go. And I was like, it's probably going to be a really long day, night, who knows how long. So I let him sleep and I just went and watched um, some TV in the spare room while I was still having contractions, nothing like super mild. But at the time I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I had no idea how like, you know, ferocious it would get, but um yeah then I think a couple hours later maybe about 4 35 a.m I decided I was like oh this doesn't really feel like a safe space anymore um being like my in-laws place I was like I'll just go to mum and dad's so we went to mum and dad's Matt went back to sleep because he was like do I need to be awake and I was like well no not yet like I'm good mom's here you know it's fine we ended up just going for like a little bit of a morning walk remember having a hot chip roll um, so, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to watch it be roll. Yeah, got it. What else are you doing, Labor? Um, and I was like, Mom's like, I could go some hot chips. And I was like, Yum, hot chip roll. Like, yes, please. So I remember doing that and then kind of just hanging out. I remember watching Bohemian Rhapsody on the couch until things like really started to kind of, well, what I thought was ramp up, but I was mistaken. I wasn't mistaken, but it definitely got a lot more intense. Uh, I remember like having a contraction in the shower and crying in my back. Oh my God, my back was just like, felt like someone was driving like a hot knife through my lower back. It was, oh no. Oh, the back labor was so intense. But was she posterior? No. No, really? Yeah. So I think like Opal's birth was the same, spoiler alert. But um, (laughs) yeah, she just, I don't know. My back was just aching. And I don't know. I just must have like, I suppose, back labor, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so then my, my midwife came and she kind of was just like, oh, you're not even in active labor yet. And I was like, oh, well, this hurts. So like, <laughs> what's active labor going to be like? 
Um, so then, yeah, things really, really started to ramp up, I think about 6 p.m. And I remember begging Matt to like take me to the hospital for an epidural. And he was like, no, you don't want that. And I was like, but you don't, I kept being like pleading with him being like, you don't understand. Like you don't know what this feels like. You don't know what this feels like. And I just remember like hardly feeling any contraction in my stomach. It was all in my back and, oh, it was the pain. I wasn't even in transition, but the pain then was making me throw up. Like, wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And my midwife kept asking me to go sit on the toilet and I, I couldn't bear the pain of sitting on the toilet. She was like, just 20 minutes. I'd have one contraction on there and like vomit. And I was like, nah, fuck this. Like I said, I'm not getting on the toilet again. Like don't make me. Um, and I think by that, I kind of have been like in and out of the pool at this point. And, you know, like the pool helps with the back labor, but then I think it was slowing things down. So I would get out and then need to go back in for some pain relief. Um, and I, again, I remember pleading with Matt for the epidural and he's like, no, it's like, fine, you tell Kira. And I was like, I'm not fucking telling Kira. Like, <laughs> I remember feeling like a little bit scared of her at this point. And I was like, no, I'm not telling Kira. And like, obviously, I, I always had in the back of my mind, this, I was like, what if I go to the hospital? I'm too far along. I can't have the epidural. And now I'm stuck birthing in a place that I don't want to birth in or that I don't feel safe in. So mm. I always had that in the back of my mind. Um, and yeah, I remember... I kind of my body almost went into shock, I think, kind of maybe from going like in and out of the pool and like the pain of sitting on the toilet and the vomiting. Like there was definitely a little bit too much adrenaline in my system. So I just said like, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to have a rest. So I went into my room and like, oh, my, my mom was like with me kind of in and around at this point. But I was really, really laboring on my own for most of Stevie's labor. Like people was around me, but I didn't really rely on anyone. Like I was very much kind of like internal, like just kind of holding myself. Yeah. Um, and I went up and had a rest and I must've been in transition then because I was like, no, I need my mom. And I remember crying and like pleading and I'd be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And here are my midwife was saying, remember we talked about that when you feel like this, it means you're closed. And I was like, I'm not closed. You have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, um, that was probably about, uh, 10 30 maybe um and we got up and I went down I remember having a contraction on the floor not long after and my body just like pushed like and my midwife was like did you did you push or did your body do that I was like no my body did that and she was like okay and mind you like I think I'd only just lost my plug during that contraction and my my membranes were still intact so she's like okay if you want to burst in the pool maybe hop in the pool and I jumped in the pool and yeah, I think within like two minutes of being in the, the pool, my water is like my ru- my membranes ruptured, a big, big pop. Um, I was like, oh, that's what that feels like. And then, yeah, I think I remember. Like, I definitely know this story like off my heart, obviously. Yeah. But I really was not like, bit hazy. Yeah, I think with Stevie's birth, I really wasn't like in my body. Like for me, it was especially with her emergence, like it was a real out-of-body experience. Mm. Um, like I definitely felt like I left my body and like went and collected her and like came back. So I remember my, um, I could feel, I suppose, her her head. And then oh, I, I definitely didn't push like myself. Like I kind of, I bared down, but I really let my body do all of the work um, and her head came out. And we didn't know her gender, but my midwife did. And 
she was like, her head's out, you're doing well. And I really, like, I was in my zone and Matt said, like, I've never seen someone snap out of something so fast when my midwife, like, ruined her gender for us. Oh. She was like, her head's out. Like, and I was like, her. And I, he's like, you just came to and stared at her and was like, her. And my midwife tried to backtrack, obviously, as you would, being like, oh, no, like, I, I just say all babies are her, like, literally mid me, like, pushing. <laughs> and and then in the next contraction, like, I just, I was so determined to see if Kira was right that I just, like, bared down as hard as, like, not pushed, but, like, kind of bared down and really, like, gave it, gave it something and pulled her up on my chest and, like, there she was. And, I like, the first thing I did was check her gender because Kira had, like, ruined it for me. I don't think I would have been in my mind um, if I hadn't been told that she was a girl. But yeah, I think all in all, like I got in the pool and my water broke pretty quickly. And then I think 20 minutes after my water broke, like she was here. So it wasn't, um, yeah, it definitely didn't feel that long. But the whole, I suppose, like from first sign of labor to her emergence was about 23 and a half hours. Yeah. Um, by that point, I was good and ready for it to be over. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can um, imagine the feeling. Yeah. And then what was your, like, golden hours like after that? Oh, it was beautiful. We just sat in the pool for a little while and, you know, obviously Matt was there crying and behind me and she, I was just her on my chest and I had this necklace that um my my nan made of my great nan's diamonds and my great nan and I were very, very close. and the first thing that she did, like Stevie did, was just grab this necklace, like, which felt really special. I don't know. It felt mm-hmm. kind of like that my great-grandmother, like my great-nan was there with me. Um, so that was really special. And then. It's so special. Yeah. I remember my midwife, maybe after 20 minutes, was like, okay, time to hop out of the pool. And I just remember thinking like, I'm not ready to hop out, but I definitely had a little bit of a good girl complex back then and was like, okay, hopped out, um, went and sat on my mom's like white leather couch (laughs) like butt naked literally still connected (laughs) to stevie at this point um and yeah and we we just sat down and kira was talking to me obviously we kept like the lights low and i think at this point it was like 2 2 a.m maybe like maybe a little bit yeah about 2 a.m um and then yeah i just kind of like squatted over like it's an L-shaped couch. So I squatted over like the corner of the L-shape and birthed my placenta um, supernaturally. Yeah, it was like a super physiological third stage. No no syntocin and like no nothing to kind of speed it up. It just kind of like happened as it meant to. Um, getting the hang of breastfeeding initially, like those like first few moments felt quite simple because I had like my midwife there and there was also a second midwife um, who didn't make, Stevie's birth but came after um that felt easy and I remember having mum was like do you want some food and I was like yeah I'd love a cup of tea and Vegemite toast I'm like out of all the things you could have after birth <laughs> it's one of my mum's Vegemite toast that's a good classic Aussie yeah, girl. yeah. A and, cup of tea and a Vegemite toast yeah <laughs> yeah like slice of veggie toast but my mum makes like epic Vegemite toast I don't know how she makes it differently to every other person but it's it's the bomb 
there's a real process to the art of yeah. Vegemite toast. I think it's like the butter to Vegemite <laughs> ratio, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but have good bread too. Yeah, the good bread, toasted perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then that was kind of like our first goal, like few goals and hours. And then the most epic thing about that was, you know, I had my shower, Matt had his skin to skin with her, and then we just took her up to our room. Like yeah. there was no, like, I don't know, there's no heaps of people around, no like nurses coming in and out or telling us what to do with this and that. And like, you know, we just kind of, there was no weird adjustment from like, oh shit, now we're leaving the hospital. Like, what are we going to do with this baby all by ourselves? Like mm-hmm. we just went upstairs to my, my old bedroom and went to bed. Yeah. So special. Yeah. So nice. Um, And how was your breastfeeding with her? Uh, it was, it was pretty challenging after those initial moments because I have quite large like breasts. So I'm like a, on a good day, I was probably back then about a G, mm. a, a 12 G. So, and she was quite petite, still is, but, um, so kind of getting her to latch was really challenging to try and get like, you know, have to like get as much boob in the mouth as you can. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this kid can barely get my nipple in. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty stressful. We ended up using a nipple shield, um, and we later found out that she had some like oral ties. Um, so maybe that was the reason she struggled to latch on my on my nipple. But um, yeah, we ended up using like a nipple shield, and then had to roll up a tea towel and stick it under my boob, and it was just like a whole process. And I remember the first few nights were really stressful like I just could not get her to latch like this is before we used the shield I was thank god I had expressed colostrum because I was just like syringing it in her mouth like I would try and feed her at about like a 3 a.m especially you know on like day two and three when they just feed all night yeah I was just up all night it was so stressful and like we were still staying at my parents at this point so like my mom would come in she'd be like you okay honey and it was like 2 a.m and my dad would be like are you right I'm like yes I'm okay and like your hormones are like crashing oh my god yeah the hormones like just bawling my eyes out because I couldn't get her to feed Mm. Um, so she was on the yeah shield from about I think day three or four but we kind of weaned off the shield at about like five months and from then up until I was like heavily pregnant with opal she fed so it ended up perfectly um but those initial few days were quite challenging battling like mastitis and nipple thrush and you know and recovering from birth and yeah exactly all of that good fun stuff mm, um, yeah but yeah that was kind of that journey so how are you feeling because that was your journey from maiden to mother like how was your transition into motherhood I really think it took me a good few months to kind of like settle into it like I really still felt initially like a baby myself and it, it's not that I wasn't connected to Stevie, but it was kind of like, I suppose at this point we were still living with my in-laws and like my meals were kind of somewhat maybe being cooked for me and sometimes my washing would get done. So I, I didn't really have that like autonomy, mm. you know, of like really kind of being in my own space, being in my own house. And it felt like, I don't know, I just felt like I was almost taking care of almost like I was babysitting because I've done so much babysitting in my time like my cousins and everything like that like I was just like I just feel like I'm taking care of this like like, you let me be a mom like oh my god I'm taking care of a baby what the hell I don't know what I'm doing like (laughs) um but it also simultaneously felt really natural 
Like mm-hmm. I just I felt like I knew what I was doing. Like I I didn't really, you know, yeah. I just felt so solid in that, like being a mom. As but also like what the fuck? Like how am I a mom? You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, I get, I get I get what you're saying. We do it just nature just in instinct just kicks in and you yeah. just do it. Yeah, and, I feel like I had a really strong like motherly instinct, but like my logical brain was like, "You have a baby, like <laughs> you know, you have a baby." And I was <laughs> like, "How do you have a baby?" Yeah, yeah. My husband and I would look at our newborn son and be like, "Fucking hell, yeah, like, parents! Oh my gosh, like who let us do this?" Man? <laughs> we <are> literally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I think we we kind of hit a point where like we went back into COVID lockdown again and my partner's family and my partner and I have very differing views on certain things so that made the tension of the household a little like it was quite high um and then my sister-in-law moved in with her newborn as well because her partner works in the mines in Perth and he was stuck in Perth and so there was like how many adults five adults two newborns two dogs that don't get along like it was a very and everyone was, we were all in lockdown like you know emma and i and my sister, yeah and like matt's dad hardly worked in that time and matt really didn't work that much in that time so we were just all under this one roof and it was chaos and i was probably only about three, just under three months postpartum when i was like nah like we got to get out like this is not an like an environment that's conducive to like you know, positive experience, like being a new mom. Um, as much as I love them and, you know, I'm so grateful for our time there, we just we just needed to get out. So it wasn't really until probably about three and a half months postpartum when I had we had our own space, we could really flourish and, you know, eat the way we wanted to eat and, like, kind of set up our household the way, you know, we wanted. And then I really, I feel, came into my own as a mom. Yeah. I yeah. can't really understand that. Definitely. Yeah, like it was. I like. I was like, oh, well, this is my household to run it. Like my my opinions and my views, are the only ones that matter in my home. And I yeah. fight with people over X, Y, Z, and you know, it um, it felt really grounding, and it felt it definitely felt like a coming home to myself. You know, mm, so once that kind of happened, yeah, it was epic. Like it just felt so solid in motherhood and so solid in being a mom. That's amazing. And then obviously your breastfeeding journey was good as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um so fine. Like Stevie fed really, really well. We weaned off the shield. Like she was getting really ang- like um anxious with the shield on and like aggravated and just like hated it and she wouldn't feed with it on. So like one day I was just like, stuff this, I'm I'm done with fucking trying, like whatever. Um and she just latched onto my boob like perfectly. I was like, Oh awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a few months in it's like you really start to find your flow with breastfeeding like totally. And like she was bigger and you know she was like her mouth was bigger and she was able to kind of like get around my nipple a bit more and like mm. the size of my and, like I wasn't as engorged obviously. Um my supply had really settled by then so it made that made like all the difference. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've got giant titties too, and they were like bigger than my son's head. Oh, absolutely, mine too. Yeah. I swear to God, like even Opal, because Opal was even smaller than Stevie. Like I swear they were double the size of her head. Yeah, how the fuck is this poor thing to get a boob in her mouth? Yeah, I've got some videos. I look back, I'm like Jesus, he looks like he's fucking choking. There's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, man, that. I just football hold him. Yeah, yeah. 
it's wild hey but yeah so how long then um did opal come along and was she planned opal was planned um so i think we started trying when stevie was one maybe um but i had only kind of just got my cycle back and you know it's that part of like toddlerhood where they're so fun like stevie was like she wasn't she was like sleeping a lot better like that i mean she was still waking but it wasn't I wasn't stressed about it and like she was walking and could say a few words and she was like laughing and things were funny. Like, like, Oh, this is easy. We could totally have another kid right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she's like, why not? So I think we started like trying, but I was not really tracking my cycle and things, I don't know, very quickly became stressful. And my, like Matt and I were not in a great space. He was working a lot. I was like solo parenting a lot. We just really lost our connection. Um, so that was probably like two or three, two months into or three months into our like conception journey with Opal. And um, I ended up seeing who is now a very dear friend of mine, but um, like someone who specializes in like the fertility awareness method. And so I started tracking my cycle using cervical mucus with her. And it turns out because I was breastfeeding that I was ovulating really late in the month, not kind of like when I thought I would be yeah um so the first month of kind of like solidly tracking my cycle and having like a proper rhythmic pattern um we we also though like it got to the point where i was like come on we need to have sex and he was like i don't feel like i'm like i don't care we need to make a baby and that felt really yuck i'm like mm. it's supposed to be a really beautiful intimate experience like we're cre- trying to create a human life and it's turning into a, like a business deal like a job yeah, like a job yeah yeah and he was like no get away from me and i was like no <laughs> Um, and then we ended up having a conversation. We're like, you know what? Let's just decide to be intimate whenever it feels good for us. Like, you know, whenever we want that connection or, you know, whenever just to like reconnect, not as a, like a transaction. Um, and literally the first month that we just, we kind of threw out the papers and I was somewhat aware that I was ovulating somewhere around the times that we were like intimate, but, um, which like, if it happens, it happens. Like we're in no rush. You know, Stevie at that point was only, 15 months old I was like man this is actually quite like quite soon you know um and then yeah I felt I felt pregnant like within that first month of like just kind of like letting go of the reins Mm. Um, and I was Matt was like you're pregnant and I was like no I'm not I didn't want to get my hopes up because I peed on so many sticks that were negative and I'm I'm a very fertile person we've had a few um surprises in the past that didn't you know like we ended up not keeping and stuff like that just because we were quite young at the time yeah so I was like well one I've got a child and two like I've had experience like I know I can fall pregnant I can fall pregnant very easily so like what's happening um and I was like my, my period hadn't come but he's like you're pregnant I was like well I'm still breastfeeding Stevie like sometimes it's just a little bit irregular you know like it doesn't always come bang on um and oh yeah it was just so over the disappointment of you know negative tests and it had only been a couple of months, so I can't even imagine how people feel who have been, you know, trying for years and years and all of those negative tests. And I was just like, man, like, oh, it was just wild. Yeah, so I was, like, just so sick of, like, the negative pregnancy tests, and I'd even had one on the Saturday. Um, and, my like, my husband was like, George, I really think you're pregnant. I was like, no, no, no. And then on the Wednesday, something, I don't know, I just woke up and I was like, okay, well, I've got them here. I may as well take one. And there was like a faint, like faint second line. And a part of me was like, mm, 
a line's a line. They always say that, but mm. oh, I don't know. So I took another one and same thing. There was two lines. It was quite still quite light. I was like, oh my God, I guess I'm pregnant. And I didn't even tell Matt straight away. I like ran into Stevie and I was like, Stevie, look, you're going to be a big sister. And like, she's like 15 months old at the time. She's just like trying to play with the stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt was asleep. He was actually off work. So we'd had a funeral to go to that day. And I like woke him up and I like jumped on him and I showed him the stick and he was just like hugged me. We were obviously like super excited. And um, then again, it was like the whole, as soon as you know, I like vomited that morning. Like, <laughs> as soon as I took the test, I don't know if it was psychological, but I like we were leaving to go to the funeral and I was like, just wait, like hold up, just wait. Um, and uh, yeah, I just like spewed everywhere. And then we were like around Matt's family that day and I just had to like, I suppose not drink and which obviously I'm not much of a drinker anyway so it wasn't that unusual but um you know my, Matt stabs like George do you want a wine and I was like oh no I'm good like you know I'm sweet I was like, okay um I just had to kind of like sit through the funeral super nauseous um funerals obviously hard enough to kind of deal with as they are but obviously the nausea <laughs> made it so much worse um and yeah I kind of was like oh I had always really wanted a free birth like I was like I just especially after Stevie everything went so well I had kind of started to dabble in like the birth worker space and I was really learning more about physiological birth and free birth and everything like that and um Matt and I had had conversations previously about it and he was just not on board he was hard no to free birth and understandably um you know it can be a scary aspect if you know you know, like super, like he obviously hadn't done any of the work that I had done in terms yeah. of like birth support work. He was just like, what do you mean? We're not going to have a medical person there. Like, what if something happens? And I was like, oh, well, I take full responsibility for all of that, you know? Um, But yeah, so I always kind of wanted a free birth and, but just to kind of save the confrontation, I was like, I don't have the capacity right now to fight you on this throughout the whole pregnancy and the birth like I need this space to feel comfortable and safe and um you know I want to do this together like I don't want you resenting me or being angry at me the whole pregnancy like that's not nice Mm. so I contacted my midwife that I had with Stevie's birth Kira and you know I, I felt safe with her in the space it wasn't anything like you know I hadn't had a horrible experience with her or wasn't super traumatized or anything like that so it was just like, okay, I just felt like I didn't need her. So when he really wanted me to like have a midwife, I was like, okay, fine. Like whatever. It's just another person in the space. She'll come at the last minute anyway. Like we, we won't tell her too early. Um, so yeah, we decided to go down like the, um, the home birth again. route again. Yep. And um, I made the conscious decision that time, this pregnancy with Opal to not have any scans or any tests done. Um, and yeah, I didn't even actually get a blood test to confirm that I was pregnant. <laughs> I was mm. just, you know, pregnant. And that was just it really. Like I was just going to go about my life being pregnant and, you know, sitting and connecting with Bob. And um, it wasn't until about 30 weeks that I, um, obviously I would like hear the heartbeat and stuff with Kira and um, she'd take my blood pressure and stuff like that. So I still had antenatal care with her just at home. I wasn't just having scans, blood tests like the um gestational diabetes test like I didn't I opted out like none of that um but I got bitten by a spider when I was like 30 weeks pregnant and oh I didn't know I got bitten by a spider at the time but I was like violently ill 
um, on Christmas night, wow. like violently ill. And like, I couldn't keep anything down. You know, I, like there was no, I was not being able to like, I couldn't hydrate myself or the baby, obviously. So we ended up, I ended up going to the emergency room, um, boxing day morning and just being on like anti-nausea and like fluid there for a while. But they obviously being pregnant, it was standard protocol to like monitor bub. So mm. they put like the CTG on me and Opal went wild. Like she hated it. She was like bouncing around. Like they couldn't actually get a reading because um, she was just not staying still in the one spot the whole time. Like I'm talking like nine hours on this thing. Them trying to just get a heart, like a baseline heart rate for her. And I was getting frustrated. I was sick and it was so like so frustrating. So they were like, can I, can we just see where she, like the baby is? So I obviously didn't know it was a girl. Um, can we just see where the baby is just so we can try and get this heart rate? Like we don't want the baby to be stressed or, you know, anything wrong with like the baby. I was like, by that point, I was like so anti-scan my whole pregnancy. And that point after like nine hours of being trying to be strapped to a bed with a stupid monitor on me, I was like, whatever, fine. Um, and I was like, you've got to be so quick though, like in and out, just figure out where it is and then strap the monitor back on me. Um, so we did that. And I, then I kind of was like, picked my interest. I was like, wait, it's just one baby, isn't it? Cause I was feeling so much <laughs> movement. Like she was so active the entire pregnancy. Like I felt first movement with her at like 11 weeks. Oh, wow. Then, yeah. I like, like the flutters and then. <laughs> really early on she was like kicking and like moving i just felt her so often it felt like she never ever chilled out ever <laughs> so then i was like oh my god what if there's like you know multiples in there and i don't know and i'm just gonna like birth two babies and not know <laughs> so like that was in my mind and i was like wait <laughs> like please tell me there's just one in there and they were like yep yep just one so um anyway i stayed the night in hospital and that was kind of like my only real experience with like a scan or like any kind of blood test I took my blood I think they were worried I might have had salmonella or something like that because it wasn't until I got home and I found a spider bite on my foot that I realized it was a spider because yeah. no one else in my family got sick um, no one else I'd been around with got sick or you know we'd all eat, eaten the same food on Christmas day and it was just a bit of a mystery but um, that was the only time I kind of dabbled in the yeah I suppose medical system in that mm -hmm. way, that whole pregnancy. Um, but yeah, Opal really kind of like kept me on my toes. She um, was super active and with her, like, um, you know, I went into labor with her at 42 plus, oh no, 41 plus five. Mm. So I was not expecting to be pregnant that long, especially given that Stevie was 40 plus four. Yeah. I think um, like everyone, no one really expects to be that pregnant that long. Oh, no. And like, you know, I would always tell like friends or clients or like anyone who had kind of like spoken to me about being pregnant for so long. I'm like, you know, Bubs knows their time, like all in divine timing, you know, that whole spiel. And I, um, I'd also, I forgot to mention, hired a birth keeper. One of my dear, beautiful friends, Haley, was my, um, birth keeper for this pregnancy and birth and postpartum and she I remember calling her being like oh man I'm fucking done like <laughs> and I, I was so sure I would go early like I was quite big I was a lot bigger than I was with Stevie so low so so low like pelvic pain all of that 
Um, and I was like, surely this baby's coming at like 38, 39 weeks. So I kind mm-hmm. of had that in my head. And then she came five weeks later <laughs> or four weeks later. I'm too at that, at that oh. gestation. That is like an eternity as well. Yeah, it really, really is. And, you know, there would be nights that I was up having contractions for like nine hours, but like, you know, super mild, but like mm. no, no pattern, but like consistent. I was like, yes, this is it. Like, let's fucking yeah. do it. I'm so and ready. It's a, it's a head fuck. It's such a head fuck. And <laughs> oh, I swear everyone, like Matt was like, it's okay, you're not going to be pregnant forever. And I was like, I will be. I will be yeah. pregnant forever. <laughs> I'm like, knowing that I can't be and knowing what I would tell friends or anyone else in this situation. But I was like, no, I'm fucking done. I'm over it. And I was like getting so an- like antsy and anxious. And I was uncomfortable and it was hot. It was like still quite hot in March, like this year. and. Um, it wasn't really until, and it was just like the stop start of it. Like, I'm like, okay, is this it? No, this is not it. I'd stay up all night and then Stevie would wake up at 5am and I'm like, fuck, I've had two hours sleep because I was up thinking I was about to give birth. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then it wasn't until I really like surrendered to it that I was just like, whatever, it'll happen when it happens. Like, I just trust this baby will come like at the 41, four week mark, um, the day I was like, stuff it, you know, let's, we had a friend's birthday party, like my birth keeper's daughter's birthday party. I was like, let's just go and, you know, ha- enjoy the nice day and afternoon with our friends and it, whatever will happen will happen. Like I'm just, I'm done thinking about it. Sure enough, we got home from the party and it, I could start to feel like some movement happening, like little niggles and stuff. And again, wasn't putting any pressure on it. And I'm like, you've, you've lied to me before and (laughs) um so I was like okay and they they were like coming and going or not coming and going but like coming sporadically and I was like whatever I'm just going to bed if I wake up in the middle of the night I wake up if not tomorrow I'm still pregnant whatever and I woke up a couple of times in the night they were a little bit uncomfortable during the night actually but I think it was maybe like two or three times um and then I woke up in the morning and they were like still coming. And again, super mild, um, nothing really, like kind of just like period cramps really. Um, And I was adamant that I really wanted Stevie to be in the space. Like I really wanted her to see a birth and like, you know, it have ingrained in her that birth doesn't have to be a medical process. Like women have been doing it since the dawn of time and it's so natural. And, you know, I wanted her to witness that. But as my day progressed, like she was, she could obviously tell that something was, you know, like something was happening because she mm. was so clingy and so like, mama, mama, like, let's play blocks. Let's do this. And I was like, babe, like, I just, I just can't. Like, um, so we ended up going for a walk. We got her baby Chino and I tried to spend a little bit of time with her then. And I remember having contractions on the walk up to like the, local cafe and just having to stop and I had my um my beautiful friend's husband had made handmade like acupressure combs because mm. um, he's a carpenter and I had them in my hand as we were walking um kind of to take the edge off again it really hadn't ramped up though like they were uncomfortable but it was what it was um and then I just said to Matt I was like I'm sorry like I just need Stevie out of my space like I don't feel like I can fully drop in to this experience while she's here yeah, so, it felt like you had to not fully let everything out in order to protect your daughter's 
feelings. Yeah. 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 I was like, one, I don't want to traumatize her. Two, like, I'm getting agitated with her just needing me, you know. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to, like, accidentally yell at her or be like, go away or, like, I don't know, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's so, like, the 15 months is just, like, they, they don't fully understand. Yeah. Well, she was almost two by this point. But, yeah. She was, but, like, still, she doesn't fully understand. She was obsessed with the birth pool, though, because we yeah. had it set up for a good couple of weeks by then. Yeah. Um, just steaming um, to get into the pool. Oh, she was. She kept asking, and there's photos of her like in the pool without the liner on, and she would like tell people that like, you know, when the baby's born, she'd be like, "Baby born, ah, like, mummy might scream, but we're safe. Like, I'm safe. Mummy's safe. Baby's safe. Like, she would tell anyone who would listen that birth is safe. Um, because I'd obviously been trying to prepare her, but in the moment, I was like, I just can't focus with you. Yeah, sorry. So Matt called his mum. And like his like his parents to come and get her. He didn't tell them that I was in labor though. He was just like, we just need someone to come take Stevie, please. Um, <laughs> so with her gone, I was really able to kind of like hang out, and I really I just like closed the blinds in my room, had the like my um, salt lamp on, I had my tunes going, and I was just like just dancing through the early stages of labor, like really like moving my hips and walking around and kind of like you know just having fun with it. Um, Matt was outside in the living room and he said, like, do you need me? I said, no, like, I'm, I'm good here. Um, and then things, this was probably about up until about one o'clock maybe. And then things started to get a bit more uncomfortable. Like it kind of felt like I had kind of hit that next threshold, you know, like um, I wasn't like, it wasn't really ramped up, but I was like, oh, these are getting a little bit harder to work through. Like I kind of needed his support, like needed him to hang on to. And I was like set that I was kind of, I was like, oh, yeah, you'll just be around. Like, Stevie's labor was fine. I didn't really need you. Like, I'm good. But this time, like, as things progressed, I really, really needed him. He was, like, my anchor. Um, and obviously at this point we hadn't really told anyone to come. So it's probably about, I think, maybe 2 o'clock um, that I messaged. Like, I said, maybe let's just get Haley. Like, I don't feel like I need her, like, yet. Like, I don't think we're close. But. I would really like some feminine energy in the space. Mm. Um, so we called Haley or texted Haley and my birth keeper. And she she came. And then it's kind of like as soon as she came, like a flip, a switch flipped. A flip flipped. Um, <laughs> yeah, a switch flipped. And like it was just kind of on. And it still, I still felt like it wasn't too bad though. Like, it wasn't as ferocious as Stevie's by any means. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting to like hit that next level. Um, and it kind of, it didn't really get there, but I remember kind of being in the pool at about like three o'clock and I just felt this sudden urge. Like I was kind of just swaying in the pool and my friend had birthed only a couple of weeks before and she was like, I had my hand on my clit and it really helped. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, maybe I'll try that. Trying to like be inconspicuous, you know, like in the pool, like touching myself um, while like people were watching me. But it definitely took the edge off the contractions. And then there was just something in me that just said like, you need to stand up. You need to stand up. So I said like, get me out of the pool. And I remember just having a couple of contractions and I really felt Opal like drop into my pelvis. Mm. And I hadn't really felt that feeling with Stevie or maybe I didn't, I didn't really know what it was or like, you know, I, the, I just remember like distinctly thinking at that time, like she's just moved into my pelvis, but also kind of like 
maybe she hasn't. Like I'm not going to, like I'm stop trying to read into it kind of thing. Um, whatever happens, happens. And then things started to really ramp up. And I remember at like 4 o'clock or 4.30 having a contraction, being like, man, this fucking sucks. And Haley was like, you can say this sucks. And I was like, this sucks. And I still know how long, like, I still have so long to go because I was comparing it to Stevie's birth. I was like, I haven't even lost my plug. Like, I'm going to be doing this for hours. I'm so done. Like, this this sucks. And lo and behold, the next contraction, I lost my plug. She was like, see? <laughs> and then, I don't know, I just I kept really still waiting for it to, like, level up and level up and level up. Like, it did, like, Stevie's was a real out-of-body experience, but I was so present with Opal's birth. Like, I was just mm-hmm. so in my body and so yeah, just so aware of what was happening. Um, and, yeah, I suppose that was around, like, 4.30 and then next contraction, like, I felt my body course. And I was like, wait, did I do that? Or, like, this is in my head. I didn't say this out loud. <laughs> I was like, wow, did did I do that or did my body do that or did I push because I was just saying how much I hated it and I didn't know that I did that? I was really trying to be like, are we close? Surely not. And then I'll give myself another contraction to really like see how we go. Lo and behold, it happened again. And I was like, surely I'm not pushing. Like my body must be doing this. And I reached in and I felt her head. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so this is at like 5 o'clock. And I reached in and I said to Matt, we hadn't even told my midwife who lives an hour and a half away to oh. come. Like, so, because I, I still felt like I had so long to go. I remember playing as Jay, like feeling ahead. And I just said, here's her head. Like, text Kira. She's not going to make it. We're all good. Let's do this. Get me in the pool. Like, I literally said those words in that order. I was like, let's do this. Get me in the pool. And yeah, I suppose at like, that was at 5.02 because I remember what time Matt texted Kira being like, hey, I can probably leave now. Like, that's all he said. He wasn't like, hey, just letting you know George is going to have a baby, like, right now. <laughs> he was just like, maybe leave. Um, so I jumped in the pool and at 5.07 she was born. Like, wow. it was so fast. My mem- like, She was born in her sack, all veiled. Like, her membranes was, like, um, all, like, covering her face and her body. Um so I like peeled that back and I um I remember she didn't breathe or cry straight away. And I mean, I had kind of known that like, well, Stevie cried straight away, but I know some, you know, water births and home births because it's a lot more calmer and everything like that. Like they take a little bit to come to. Mm. Um, and I, there's a video of me like trying to peel back like the membranes and it was so much thicker than I thought. And really? I, I couldn't like get, un- yeah, it was really thick and I, I couldn't get, my nail under it and then I was starting to not panic but I was like a little bit like okay I'm very much aware of like how long this is taking um and I could hear her I finally got it off and I could hear her trying to like crying to breathe because obviously like she didn't really have a transition from like water to air because she was like still in her sack yeah like didn't really know that she'd been born yet because that air hadn't hit her face um and I was like okay what do I do here? And I like really got in touch with my intuition and I, I just was like, I'm going to have to suck the mucus out. And I just like put my mouth over her nose and sucked as hard as I could. And looking back now, like feel like feeling that I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. But also, yeah. of course, I'm going to do that to like get my baby to breathe, you know? 1000%. That's amazing yeah. that you It like, wasn't even a question. No. Yeah. Like, 
that's just what you instinctually felt the need to do. Yeah, like split second, like, what do I do here? I suck it out. And I just like, yeah. And there was so much mucus. It was so gross. So much mucus <laughs> that like came out and I spat into the pool and then she cried. Um, and it, yeah, it was like such a relief. And I, I like, she still like, she cried and then was still kind of like having a bit of a hard time. So I gave it another suck and she kept going. But I remember looking down and because obviously like her, the cord was kind of like wrapped um, like up underneath her and like around her back kind of thing mm. like in between her legs and I just looked down and I was like Matt it's a boy I was like it's a boy <laughs> and like we told like CD got home literally two minutes after Opal was born um her parents like not knowing dropped CD off at the door still didn't know that I was in labor um Matt raced out obviously so they didn't come in and was like we've had the baby it's a boy like told everyone it was a boy <laughs> he introduced Opal as her baby, like to Stevie as her, like Stevie's baby brother. And it wasn't until like 20 minutes later that I looked down and I had like the cord had moved and I was like, oh, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was like, what? Are you fucking serious? And I was like, sorry. <laughs> so like, she was a boy for like 20 minutes, but she wasn't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, everyone was like, no fucking way. Did you just tell everyone it was a boy? Well, I was still in like shock of what just happened. And, you know, the court and like, they're obviously like super swollen down there and I didn't have, so I didn't have anything to compare it to. Um, and the court. swollen too. Yeah. Big balls. I've heard big balls. (laughs) Like her vulva was swollen and like at a glance, I just like glanced and I was like, oh my God, it's a boy. And. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was a girl. And, um, yeah, we had the most, like, beautiful, like, connected time in the pool. And as soon as Stevie got home, she was like, oh, baby born. I hop in pool now? Because like, I had told her the whole pregnancy that I was like, yes, if, the, like, you want to hop in the pool when the baby's being born or after the baby's born, you can hop in. She's like, okay. And so she came in. I'd be nudie Rudy and, like, jumped in the pool we have the most beautiful video of like Stevie jumping in and giving us all a big cuddle. Um, and she just like was swimming around. Like she couldn't give a shit about the baby. She was like, I'm in a fucking pool. Like she was so stoked to finally be in this birth pool. Um, but like she was starting to get a little bit like too excited, you know, like splashing splashing. about. Yeah. And I was very like conscious of the fact that I'm like, I don't want my body to think birth is over. Like we hadn't obviously birthed the placenta yet. Um, yeah. So, and it was dinner time and by that point, and I just said to Matt, like, why don't you go, like, get Stevie dinner, put her to bed, um, or at least just get her dinner. And so I hopped out of the pool and the birth pool was in my bedroom. My midwife's still not here at this point, by the way. It was just, like, <laughs> was yeah, it was just Matt, Haley and I. Um, so it was still beautiful that we had Haley there because one, she's a very dear friend, but also like at least we had someone there to kind of like help me out of the pool and was like yeah. there with me when I felt like I needed to like birth the placenta. Um, Cause yeah, I was like trying to feed Opal and her cord was a little bit short. So it was, it was quite hard to get to, even though my boobs touched my belly button, it was quite hard <laughs> to like get her up to my nipple to feed her. Um, so we hopped out and I jumped straight into my side of the bed. So warm and like, it was actually really hot that day, but like so cozy Um and yeah, I just like, I think about, it was about 45 minutes after maybe birthed the placenta just into a beautiful handmade ceramic bowl that I bought um, specifically for that. 
And yeah, it was, it was honestly just the most wonderful experience. Like it just felt so normal and so natural. Like it wasn't a big deal, but it was such a big deal at the same time. Like yeah. it just was like, oh, that's just what birth is supposed to be, you know, just like uninterrupted, just hanging out. And then you go sit in your bed. Like, like now you've got your baby. Yeah. You know, like it didn't feel like this big crazy deal. And I, you know, I hear women talk about like, obviously it wasn't a, you know, a purposeful free birth, but it was a free birth anyway. And obviously, yeah, it was like, I suppose like awesome and life changing in a way, but I didn't have, it didn't need to be like redemptive. Is it redemptive the right word? Yeah. 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 Like it didn't need to redeem my first birth because my first birth was beautiful, you know? So it just mm-hmm. felt just like an, that's what I did that day. I just birthed my baby in my bedroom and then like hung out and sat in bed and birthed my placenta into a bowl. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just so normal and so beautiful. And like, I don't know, everything just kind of like wrapped up into one. Um, and then, yeah, I think Matt came back into bed and Stevie came and we had some cuddles as a family and yeah, it was really, it was just really beautiful to see Stevie like, you know, like, oh my God, there's an actual baby. She was like, mom, mm. we had a baby. I was like, yeah, but we had a baby. <laughs> um, and where was your midwife? When the hell did your midwife get she there? She literally got there like almost an hour 45 after Opal was born. <laughs> she walked in and she obviously had no idea that we had like had the baby. She walked in and she's like, I thought you might've had the baby by now. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, I was like, oh yeah. She's like, oh yep. Like, how did everything go I was like yeah cool good like and then I suppose she just like checked Opal out and like weighed her and then yeah it was so nice they like her and Haley just like cleaned up the pool and we decided to do a cord burning ceremony um so we did that while Kira and Haley, like my midwife and birth keeper were still there and by this point Stevie was asleep um so we burnt the cord which man takes forever does like, it yeah it took like I reckon 15, almost 20 minutes. That's a long time. That's a long time to be holding fire in a newborn baby. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and it crackles and it smells weird. Like, it was, yeah, it was wild. And I think because obviously, like, I had probably burst opal about three hours before. So, you know, it was very white and it, like, was starting to dry out. And, yeah, it, it just, and then I remember, like, it popped something, like, a bit of the cord popped and, like, got Matt and like burnt him on his side and I was like oh my god thank god that wasn't the baby yeah like it was not as beautiful as an experience as I like (laughs) I hoped it would be it was quite stressful on social media and I've actually never heard anyone talk about it that way so it's good to hear that point of view no it was (laughs) social media versus real life (laughs) yeah absolutely like don't be tricked by the like highlight reel team um yeah and like there was like Four, like it was both of us in our queen bed. Haley, like leaning over, holding the cord tight. My midwife leaning over, holding the cord tight. I'm like Matt's holding the baby. I'm trying to burn the cord. He's trying to burn the cord. It was <laughs> it was a bit of a shit show to be honest, but pictures are nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then we kind of like they all packed up. Haley brought me like she gave me a foot massage and brought me like dinner and like an elixir in my bed, and they all left and we just we just went to bed. Except oh I was on gosh. such a high that I stayed up so long. Like I could not sleep for the life of me. Matt's asleep snoring next to me. The baby's asleep on me. And I'm just like wide awake at 12 p.m. on a Sunday night. Who can I talk to? I <laughs> could I imagine it. Right 
you would have so much adrenaline pumping through you. Oh, that sounds so amazing, so beautiful. Yeah. And do, obviously you were breastfeeding uh, again? Yeah, yeah, no no issues at all breastfeeding Opal. Um, everything went super smoothly. She did have a little bit of trouble, like, you know, obviously there's a learning curve for a baby too, just trying to like latch onto one side. But when we got it, like it's been it's been really, really beautiful experience like less worries this time around and I think I kind of went into it thinking that it might be a little bit tricky just because small baby giant titties Mm. (laughs) but yeah it's been a really positive experience that's awesome and then what about your postpartum I mean you're still pretty freshly postpartum right but like your postpartum yeah yeah compared to um having like your first now with a with a toddler running around Oh, it was bliss, honestly. Like Matt had six weeks off and I don't I didn't leave bed for probably two whole weeks. Um, it was just Opal and I in bed and Stevie would come and go and he like waited on me hand and foot and he he really took care of us and the house. And we had spoken about this before though. Like I was very adamant of how I wanted this postpartum to be. Um, because I burnt myself out so much with Stevie. Like I was out at soccer games six days postpartum, being like, look at me in my jeans. Like I've just had a baby. But mm. this time I really learned the hard way. Like so this time I was we had those conversations prior and he knew what I wanted and it was just so slow and nourishing and beautiful and God, I miss those days. <laughs> like yeah. I think back on that time and like my friends have like other friends have just had babies and I'm like oh, I'm like jealous that they're still in that like fresh newborn little bubble. I'm like, I want to go back to my bed and not leave and have everyone yeah. wait for me, like <laughs> wait on me. Uh, yeah. And we had a meal train and, oh, it was just like such bliss. And, you know, Stevie really adapted to her little sister really well at that point. <laughs> Things have shifted. But, um, yeah, that, that like few weeks off when, when Matt was home was was beautiful. Now that he's gone back to work, it's a little bit more chaotic. Like. Stevie's really feeling the um the adjustment now, like yeah. having to share me because obviously, you know, daddy's not there to kind of give her a hundred percent of his attention while I have Opal. Um so yeah, that's been like the transition from Matt going back to work has been a little bit tough. Like I'm finding that that juggle of trying to meet both needs of the children at once, mm. along with like the house and you know, take care of myself um quite challenging. But I'm told it gets better and, you know, each day is different and I think it just comes down to really like relying on your village and your support system in any way you can, you know. So that's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) And, yeah, being open to like when people offer you help actually taking it. (laughs) Yeah, which is like a massive like step that I kind of had to like a massive thing that I really had to learn. You know, I was very much, I'm the oldest of three kids and, I was very independent from a very early age and asking for, I was like, no, I can always do everything myself. Like I'm good. But I've really had to like rewrite that story in my head that it's so okay to ask for help and it's Mm -hmm. so okay. It doesn't make you weak to lean on people that want to help you. Um, So yeah, trying to like slowly but surely put that into practice and like lean more on my village and communicate when I'm struggling and, you know, feeling like it's getting a little bit too much and actually like reaching out you know yeah it's amazing yeah um so i've got some questions yeah what were your overall cost of birth 
both the girls. You can um, separate them if you need. Yeah. So Stevie was the private midwife for Kira. She was 5000 at that time, I think. Um, and then obviously there was like the cost of like stands and whatnot like the, that weren't bulk billed or whatever mm-hmm. um, during that. So I reckon probably about six grand in total for that. Um for that birth and then for opal kira had put up her prices initially when i um yeah when i reached out to her so she was six grand then but, but we, i didn't get any scans or anything like that like and obviously we had all of the baby stuff <laughs> so we didn't really need yeah. to buy anything um so yeah i reckon probably about 12 grand for both just yeah. For birth. yeah um and if you could give one piece of advice to a mom about to embark on this journey what would it be it would be to lean on your village. It would be to accept the love and let yourself be nurtured and supported because you've just gone through like such an epic, amazing and also tolling, you know, experience and it's it's so okay and you're so worthy of being doted on and supported and to just take it slow. Time is so fleeting. Like don't rush to soccer games and to get in your jeans like I did initially with Stevie. <laughs> Just let yourself rest and be in your bubble as like hold on to that bubble as long as you can. Yeah, I know. It is definitely a lovely bubble to be in. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your favorite product or purchase? That oh, my God, a baby carrier. A baby carrier. <laughs> <laughs> I could not live without my baby carrier for both, actually. Like, I both of my girls naturally just want to be very close to me. Um, mm. And so, yeah, Opal is in the carrier pretty much all day. She has all of her naps in the carrier except maybe one or two, um, which is just easier that way because obviously I've got a toddler. Um, and, yeah, Stevie's the same really. It just allowed me to get more things done, I guess, mm. that I needed to get done. Like love sitting down and having the cuddles, but. I don't really get that these days. So definitely a baby carrier is my number one. Yeah, do you have a specific to... brand? Um I, for the early days, I really liked the um Checo wrap. Um, for like the first few weeks, just when they're little and tiny. And then I did have I well, I do have the Ergo Baby 360, like the Omni Mesh one. Yeah. Um, which was perfect for Stevie because she wasn't kind of in the carrier all day. And it's great for, I suppose like outings um when you need a bit more of a structured carrier but because opal is in the carrier so often i needed something so much more comfortable um my shoulders my back everything was starting to ache so i invested in the Artipop carrier. Oh, yeah. yeah um which i can at 1000 percent say it is worth the investment do you reckon it's because i've got the ergo baby do you reckon it's better than the ergo like it's more comfortable oh absolutely yeah, because the Ergo like, Baby can be, like, pretty bulky and, like, yeah. uncomfortable after a while. Yeah, like, I found that my shoulders were really, like, oh, I don't know. Everything, it was just it's so bulky. And, yeah. Yeah. It's just really quite hard and structured, which is great for, like, obviously going for a walk or hiking or bushwalking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Opal was in it 24-7 at home. And I yeah. put it down in the Ergo Baby, but the Artipop or Artipope, whatever it is, um, allows for so much more comfort and to like sit and she's so happy in there yeah just it feels really lightweight on you so yeah so they're about what 450 dollars um it, yeah it was about four four fifty i think with a discount code which you can yeah. really get so yeah that was like the one i got um which is not that much more expensive in 
compared to the ogre baby. I, I think it's think. about like, three twenty. Yeah, baby. so I'm like, it's more expensive, obviously, but it's yeah. not too much more expensive. Yeah, yeah, it is great. Right. <laughs> well, we'll wrap that up there. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful story. Can't wait to share it with the listeners. They're going to get a lot out of this one, I think. Oh, good. I'm I'm so glad. Thank you so so much for having me. It's been such a privilege to share my story, and I really hope it can make some other mamas feel less alone or feel confident or you know so I hope they get something out of it what a weapon I love hearing an empowering positive first story good on you Jordan for fully trusting yourself your body and your baby I absolutely love to hear it and I hope you listeners got something out of that episode. If you head over to the Instagram, I have just recently posted a video of Jordan uh, where she was talking about how she had sucked the mucus out of her of her baby's face and it's a really beautiful video to watch and and the moments before she hears her baby let out this big beautiful cry. I, I must admit I cried like a baby when I watched it. Um, so head over and check that out on the Instagram give us some love and I will post all of her details on Instagram with the show notes too so you can connect with Jordan if you like while I've got you are you pregnant are you preparing for birth head over to the maiden to mother journey website I have put together pregnancy and birth preparation packs took me a year to put these together thinking of you forefront of my mind thinking of what was the perfect thing that you needed to prepare for your birth so in the pregnancy and birth preparation pack I've got red raspberry leaf tea perineal massage oil some energizing face mist to take with you to put on through labor a beautiful belly oil by willow by the sea and a clary sage essential oils roll on for during labor also a clary sage candle to burn but either before you're in labor or during labor as well as some birth combs and a beautiful pink scrunchie for your hair for during labor and some awesome palm affirmation cards for you so head over there and check that out you can get a discount code pod 10 pod 10 for all of my listeners so yeah guys go and check that out support me it would be absolutely amazing so thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next time on the show remember mama you're everything that your baby needs and you're doing an amazing job mm-hmm.